You're on Radio 191 FM. Uh, George here with the Politrix Show. We're going from uh, 10 a.m. to 12 a.m. AM, um, or p.m. Uh, Abe is away today, so it's just me, but I've got some friends with me. Uh, we've got uh, Paul Winter, uh, who is a postgrad uh, student here at Otago. Hey, Paul. Hey, George. How's it going? Good. And um, also, we thought we'd get uh, Bill Harrison this morning uh, to talk about uh, what's been in the news over the last 24 hours with um, the shooting down of a of a, uh, tu- of a Russian aircraft over Turkey or over Syria, we're not too sure. Hey Bill. Hi, hi, good to see you George. Um, so yeah, I guess we could talk about the event itself before the implications. Uh, what's your understanding of it? I mean I've seen a few images from the the Turkish Ministry of Defence, um, with little violations for for maybe a minute or maybe a few seconds, every, everyone's not too sure, and then saying that they gave the the Russian aircraft warnings, uh, the Russians uh, releasing their own stuff, which is kind of hard to uh, trust after the images released after the, that uh, Malaysia Airlines um, plane in Ukraine. But that's another story. <laughs> uh, so yeah, what's your what's your take on the? On well, uh, in terms of the actual event, yeah, uh, the the border in that area is pretty jagged. Mm. I mean, there are little fingers and uh, twists and turns, and if you're doing bombing runs against people pretty hard up against that border, uh, I think it's inevitable that the Russians were flying over bits of Turkish territory. Mm. And I don't think the Russians really cared because I think uh, they thought they'll not, there won't be any response from the Turks. Yeah. It's all hot air. And they've done uh, it before a few times, haven't they? Yeah, I mean they've been doing it, and the Turks have been saying things. And I don't think the Russians thought that anything different would happen this time. That it's sort of defying the Turks as routine, mm. uh, and they won't get a response. Uh, that the Turks are too scared about things like their gas supply. Yeah. Uh, but the Turks have uh, obviously shown things in a bit, of, bit of a different way this time. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think? I mean, there, there's kind of comments from, uh, I guess, uh, Russian commentators or Russian state media that Turkey was just looking for an opportunity to do this. They were. This was a planned kind of a planned accident. Well, I think the Turks have been, for a little while, been getting pretty irritated. And mm. It wouldn't be completely surprising if uh, in Ankara there was some feeling, well, if the Russians keep on trying this, yeah. uh, we will respond at some point. We'll make sure that we've got proper justification to do it. Uh, but it will be a shot across their bows with regard to what they're doing along that border area which is bombing all sorts of people who have links to the Turks, including mm. including Turkmen, but not, not just the Turkmen community. Yeah. Uh, and not bombing ISIS at all. ISIS is nowhere near that area. Uh, it's about 100, 150 kilometres to the east, at least. Uh, there's no ISIS anywhere within that vicinity. I mean, there are some people who are fairly dubious jihadists, like, yeah. the, Nusra, <laughs> yeah. like the Nusra types. Uh, but that's a little bit of a different story. The Russians go on day and night that all they're doing is bombing ISIS, and the Turks here have an opportunity to lift the lid on that. Mm. And the, the the Turks have put a lot of 
res- time and resources in into some of those groups, haven't they? I mean, with the um, the so-called liberation of Idbil, Idbil uh, when Idlib. was that? Idlib, Idlib. sorry. Uh, uh, Idlib, Jisra, Shabur. I mean, that, 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 was, that, that was an extension of the rebel-held area yeah. in northern Syria uh, that mainly happened March to June last year. Yeah. Sorry, March to June this year, right, 2015. Right, yeah. And and they helped kind of put, kind of bring those rebel groups together because that that's been the problem with the with some of the opposition is that there's just hundreds of little groups. Well, it's been a, a double problem of bringing things together because Turkey and Saudi Arabia had to come together mm. as well, and they haven't been on the same track. Yeah. Even forgetting about folks like the Qataris, right? And yeah. they've been financing different people, and they've been at cross purposes. So the Turks had to sort that one out uh, at the same time as they tried to sort out the different groups on the ground uh, into some sort of more coherent front, which in the Idlib Idlib province, uh, which is between the area that we're dealing with today and and Aleppo, and we're talking about northwest Syria, uh, in that area they put together, they helped to put together a, a wider front uh, called the Army of Conquest, Jason mm, Futter. Yes, yeah. Uh, and that's had difficulties. The other thing the Turks have been doing, and the Turks and the Saudis, is feeding in anti-tank missiles in probably reasonably large quantities. Yeah. Um, they, I suspect there's an absolute American veto in anything that can bring down a plane. Right. Mm. Uh, but in terms of dealing with armoured vehicles, I think the Saudis and the Turks have, have an effective go-ahead. Yeah. And that's really uh, what the rebels have been asking for for since since this. Yeah, they started. would like anti-aircraft yeah. stuff, yeah. but they know they're not. They know right. they're not going to get it. Mm. Um, I mean, the, and once, does that the, once the Russians became involved, it becomes a matter of shooting down Russian aircraft. Yeah, yeah, that has makes it a bit more issues. complicated. And Putin and Co have actually threatened that uh, if they can trace any country that supplied anti-aircraft missiles to the rebels, they'll attack, that Russia would attack that country. Right. Um, so, so, you know, that, that, that's gone into a new... The matter of the supply of anti-aircraft stuff has gone into a higher dimension, mm. I'd say. Mm. And just picking up on the um, comments you made about <clears throat> the Turkmen, um, I understand that this is part of a... I think from Ankara's point of view, they see Russia as consistently violating and having disregard for the ethnic Turkmen. Um, I believe in Crimea a significant proportion of Turkmen uh, there's a significant Tartars, proportion of Tartars, Tartars that they're concerned but they, about they speak Crimea. they speak Turkish. Yeah. 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 And then there's yeah. Turkmen in the in the area in the region that's mm. that where the plane was um, downed and, and bombed as well. So uh, do you see this as part of a kind of wider uh, Russian bellicosity in the Middle Eastern region in that area in particular, uh, or is this just the Russia the same? The Russians, I think, are bombing people like the Turkmen as part of the general business of bombing the bombing the opposition enemies, uh, bombing rebels in general. Mm. Uh, I don't think the Russians have a particular particular thing about bombing Turkmen, but that's yeah. what they're doing in that area because the Turkmen Haven't in that area yet. that's called Jabal. Jabal Turkmen, mm. that area just south of the Turkish-Syrian border, which is forested, pine pine forest-style hill country, um, that happens to be inhabited largely by Turkmen. Mm. I mean, yeah. just just for the benefit of the audience, Turkmen are are Sunni Muslims 
who yeah. are of Turkic uh, ethnic background, and a lot of them do speak Turkish. Uh, and you have something between half a million and a million of them right across northern, in, in uh, odd corners and mm. places across northern Syria and into northern Iraq as well. You have mm. a substantial uh, Turkmen population, for example, in Kirkuk mm. uh, in, the Kurdish, in the Kurdish area and, and there, are, there are some issues the, there as well. And the armed Turkmen groups have, have mostly been in opposition to Assad, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. They've been in Syria. They've been part of the opposition front and Turkish military intelligence at one or two points have a relationship with have them. a relationship yeah. with them and have been supplying stuff to them and, yeah. and occasionally it's got out so into the Turkish media. How far yeah. does this do, does the Turkish support for mili for armed groups in Syria go? Because there's al there's always accusations that Turkey indirectly or directly supports ISIL. Uh, well, that, we, I suppose here we have to go back, and you'll have to give me a moment or two. Yeah, um, we've got enough to, time. To, <laughs> to 2011. Yeah, when this uh, because b before 2011, Turkey and Bashar al-Assad Syria actually had quite good relations. Right, that's right. Yeah, and then Bashar al-Assad uh, during the time of the protests mm. uh, and while he was shooting them down, uh, the Turks. Well, particularly Recep Tayyip Erdogan, who was yep. then Prime Minister and is, your, of course, now President. Your paper from the first semester is coming back to me now. <laughs> <laughs> and he thought, he thought he could give Bashar al-Assad advice about how to make reforms, you know, as big brother to little brother yeah, sort yeah. of business. And Bashar al-Assad basically told him to go to hell yeah. and told, him that, told the Turkish Foreign Minister when he visited Ankara in August 2011 that... I'm not your provincial governor, so take that away with you and tell your yeah. boss that. Mm. Uh, and Erdogan at that point turned totally, turned totally against Bashar. Uh, of course, the Turks were also bringing up quite properly all the war crimes and crimes against humanity that Bashar's crowd was mm. heavily engaged in. Yeah. Um, and that, of course, is part of this as well. But I think there's also quite a strong personal dimension. Of, right, of, yeah. of Erdogan feeling that as big brother he's been well, trashed. Yeah. There's mm. definitely an er uh, ego there with Erdogan. But the problem for Turkey from that point onwards was that there was actually not much that Turkey could do mm. to bring down Bashar al-Assad right. unless it intervened with hard power yeah. and Erdogan was not going to do that. Erdogan was into the business of trying to persuade practically anyone else yeah. to intervene with hard power, especially the extremely reluctant yeah. Barack Obama. Yeah. Uh, and got nowhere with that. And so, to come to the point you were making, Turkey then ended up being quite permissive towards jihadists crossing its territory as sort of an instrument to get at Bashar. Mm. No other instrument immediately available, uh, except, of course, all the fragmented normal opposition groups whom the jihadists were starting to sideline by two th late 2012, uh, particularly Nusra, yeah. the Nusra mm. group at that time. Uh, and the Turks, I think, ended up being quite permissive towards the hardline Islamist part of the opposition spectrum. Mm. Uh, as, you know, this is a lever to get at Bashar al-Assad. Yeah, and also kind of a, a pragmatic response to to the rise of Kurdish um, power in the that's in the that's area. another yeah. important dimension mm. as well. That's that uh, the that the the Kurds in northern Syria and the major group amongst the Kurds in northern Syria, the PYD, the mm. Democratic Union Party, 
uh, is of course linked with the PKK, the rebel party, the old old time rebel party in t inside Turkey. Yeah, well, um, uh, and so and so ISIS could also be viewed as a as a restraint on the North Syrian mm. Kurds in terms of extending themselves. Uh, along the border, and Turkey, Turkey was very hostile to that, and very hostile to them gaining s serious traction. The Turks also accused the PYD of having links with the Syrian regime, yeah, which is not entirely without content. Yeah, the Syrian, there's some kind of the Syrian regime maintained a big base in mm. in their area at Al Qamishli. Yeah. There's a big, there's a there's an army base, and the the Syrian regime runs the airfield there. And is and from time to time actually kidnaps people inside Al Qamishli and puts them on planes to Damascus. Right. Uh, so so the PYD is a little bit actually open to to that accusation. Yeah. Uh, which which also from time to time comes from people in Iraqi Kurdistan in Kurdistan. Yeah, yeah. In the Kurdistan regional government. Uh, and what still to this day maybe not too much longer northern Iraq. <laughs> yeah. mm. uh, we uh, should we should probably wrap up soon. But um, I mean, what what do you think will come of of this uh, incident with well, with Russians? I think there's Russian two things plane. I'd like to say. Uh, one is probably that it'll die. The incident itself will die away, right. and there'll be a sort of band-aid job. Hmm. Done by Obama and yeah, uh, yeah. and Francois Hollande yeah, right. and Co. Uh, and trying because they're in the business of trying to fix up something with the Russians, yeah. which the I Grand believe, which I believe <laughs> is a complete fraud because yeah. the Russians and Iranians will not give up Bashar al-Assad. So the only deal that's on offer really is a surrender deal, and if the Turks have put a dent in that, good for the Turks. Mm. Uh, the other thing, I, I just probably a good place to close, mm. uh, although again it's going to take me a minute or so, is You're the right. is what. The, the business of the there's a much bigger affair in northern Syria, which is the Turkish uh, wish to have what they call a safe zone. Yeah, yeah. And the area targeted for the safe zone is between the area run by the PYD Kurds uh, and and well between two Kurdish enclaves up north of Aleppo. Yeah. Uh, which is occupied at the moment mainly by ISIS. Mm. Uh, and it's a bit of a puzzle to me why, given all the birds that could be killed with one stone by the Turks going into that area, why they don't actually bring themselves to do it, especially after the election result that Erdogan's exact, just got. Yeah, exactly. I you mean, see, there was a, a huge win compared to the one where they had to call another election. Yeah. Mm. I suspect, maybe I'm wrong, and this is a risk, that the Turkish army could roll over ISIS in that area quite quickly. Mm. Uh, it would firstly answer their issue about the PYD Kurds expanding. Yeah. They would put a stopper on that. Yeah. They would secure Aleppo against Assad and the Russians and the Iranians. Yeah. Uh, they would um, they would provide an area which which could be used as a refugee encampment. It would heavily restrain both the Russians and Iranians in terms of their operations right across northern Syria because they would have to take note of a substantial Turkish presence mm. with air cover mm. uh, right in the middle of the stuff that they, the Russians and Iranians, are wanting wanting to do. So, the, the, I mean, the Turks, by, by taking that, that, that sort of rectangular area north of Aleppo, could answer all sorts of issues and make a total game changer 
uh, in the Syrian situation. That's what I believe. Yeah. I mean, if anybody's asking me what could be a game changer, right. it would be it would be Turkey implementing that safe zone that would change the balances right across the arena. Mm. Uh, but up to this point, I, I suspect I'm 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 a bit concerned here that what's that the U.S. that uh, the Obama administration might have put a veto on this. Yeah, yeah I suspect that obviously, it's and that should be dug up because all these people are going on about getting at ISIS, mm. and this is one big way that ISIS could be got at. Mm. Yeah, and if there's a veto on the Turks doing that, that puts in question the whole business of this stand against ISIS. Mm. It's not much and of we an need, alliance. We need to have we need to have this out in the open mm. Mm. as to what why why actually can't the Turks do this. Hmm. Uh, the other thing it would do for Turkey, of course, is show that they're actually in the fight against ISIS, yeah, which they're yeah. accused of not being. That's another that's another bird that would be knocked out hmm. as well. So there are all sort. I can see all sorts of pluses for the Turks, and a game changer in the Syrian arena, and a big shock to ISIS. Hmm. Uh, and if if somebody in Washington's putting a veto on on them doing that. Uh, to please the Russians or some some other expedient thing yeah. like that, we need to know about it because we're being sold the line that there's a big campaign against ISIS, mm. uh, and if and if part of that is fraudulent talk, uh, we should we should know about it. Mm. Yeah.